22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. It's amazing to watch Ralph warm up right before the show, pressing the soundboard like he doesn't know where the fucking buttons are. (laughs) The name is Ralph. Ralph. Oh, yes. According to my email this morning. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 81. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and, uh, well, also I'm here with Little Cap, which you'll probably be hearing later. And as always, I'm joined with, I'm joined by the man of many words, and I've been trying to get him to cut down on those words for many weeks now. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. I think he just used all the words. Yes, he did. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. Goodbye, cruel lamp. Goodbye, cruel velvet drapes lined with what would appear to be some sort of cruel muslin and those cute little pom-pom curtain pulls. <laughs> cruel though they may be. <laughs> Dr. Fonsworth? Yeah, I love Fonsworth. Yeah. <laughs> or Professor Fonsworth. Yeah. And as always, the man by the soundboard, who's always there, is our version of Robin. Which I guess makes me Batman, and going by age makes Mike Commissioner Gordon. Anyway, makes me g- Batgirl, <laughs> <laughs> and just as adorable. <laughs> anyway, give it up for RT Square Ralph the Tech. You know, on April Fool's Day, Brazzers should make a video where a hot male plumber goes to a, a sorority house and fixes the toilet and then leaves normally. <laughs> <laughs> that that you know, it's funny. That would actually work. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be April Fool's, and the fact that he didn't like actually charge them extra for work that he didn't do would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's funny is that I, I'm wondering how many people are looking up what's Brazzers, and how many of our, or our listeners are like, I know what Brazzers is. <laughs> probably every guy knows what Brazzers is. The girls are probably like, I think I've heard of that. I had to look it up. Really? I, yeah, look it up. Where's your man card? Where's the man card? Hand it over. Really? Don't even go about man card. We <laughs> talked about you and your man card. Don't even play yourself. I have a lifetime membership. No, 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 no. Yours has been suspended multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we're going to discuss the crossover event that no one thought would actually matter. We're going to talk about the six-part comic series by DC and by IDW Comics, Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, where is Ivan? Then, we're going to see how the Meanwhile 22 crew stands when it comes to Brian Singer and his handling of the X-Franchise. I know the way Mike feels. I just wanted to be put on the air because I've heard him talk about it before. But first, if there's news in the geek universe, you know Mike's going to cover it and give a critique about it. I only like he can do. Let's go to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Kyle. All right, from previous podcast rumor to today's in-your-face fact, there will not be a Supergirl Season 2 Whoa. on CBS. Ah. But the Maid of Might will soar the skies on its red-headed stepchild station, CW, which is home of Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. Now, does this mean that the Kryptonian visitor with a VJJ will become part of the CW Heroes shared universe? No. Aww. But, does it, uh, but it does clear obstacles for easier crossover adventures between the shows. Uh, with a current L.A. production cost of $3 million per episode, Supergirl will probably move to Vancouver, Canada with the other shows to help reduce costs without, fingers crossed, diminishing the show's production value. And some would question about value of that yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Oh, oh. Uh, hey. Okay, your man card is about hey. to be revoked right now if you're going to tell me that Supergirl is better than Flash or Arrow. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying it's a bad show either. 
And Legends of Tomorrow, it really, it really perked up and became a much better show. Yeah. I can't know? wait for us to, to, to when we talk about that when it finally closes out. I think next week it closes out. It's already closed. Oh, it's already closed. Oh, yeah. Then it's on yeah. DVR. Maybe then. you should start watching it. Yeah. I, I've started catching up already. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's got it's sure. got an interesting conclusion and stuff like that. So that'll be fun. All right. I mean, well, let, let's see what what, what what it brings. Supergirl, but I I've already thought this. it was been the weakest out of the four. Yeah, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Our Man. <laughs> Our man, our man. Oh, he's already spoiled. Yes, he's completely spoiled the ending for everybody. Actually, <laughs> you God, you, I, I, just, I don't you know, can't fucking I resist yourself, bro. I good. just said one word. You said ending. See, so dude, your fault. dude, dude, you, <laughs> your dude fault. You, you connected the series and a fucking character. It's not like you said mystery character. That would have been kind of coy. You said a fucking character name. Yeah, but that's I, spoiling it, Ralph. I didn't say where it fit in, Ralph. It was your. You choice spoiled to it, bro. Out. I love you. You spoiled it. Mike, continue before he spoils something else. Well, while, fa- while fans hey, of Kaiser Cersei walks at the end. Go ahead. Cap, you're going to die. Spoiler! Oh, God. All right. While the fans of DC television series celebrated their good fortune with Supergirl Season 2, Marvel fans took their hats off in mourning. The ABC powers that be, a.k.a. the powers that be shoving their heads up their asses, <laughs> canceled the pre-Shield drama Agent Carter after two seasons. What? Yeah. I was waiting for it to happen. Uh, it was such a good show. I heard. Yeah. Despite loads of praise from critics, the show failed to garner a substantial ratings share from viewers. So it's all your fault out there, by the way. <laughs> it's the cap's fault for yeah. not watching. Yeah. He, he was the one that would have put it over the yeah, edge. Yeah, yeah, one voice matters. Fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> Listen, haven't you been in American politics? That one voice does matter. Yeah. yeah it's, it's t- tell fucking Al Gore that (laughs) (laughs) and for ralph the tech the news only gets grimmer what abc has decided not to pick up the agents of shield spinoff marvel's most wanted which would have followed the adventures of former agents bobby morris and lance carter after their exit from the main series you're just breaking my heart no but actually it was so funny because uh uh, Ralph and I were texting uh, the other day, and he's just like, I'm looking forward to that. And I already knew the show was canceled like for a week. And I'm like, Aww. yeah. How dare you, Mike? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> all I wrote back was, yeah. What? <laughs> and I I'm like, I'll save that for the podcast. Wasn't this supposed to be a Netflix series? No. No, 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 no. You no. sure? Positive. Damn. It's supposed to be ABC. Might be the way Marvel what? might want to go with some of their things. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, go, go, with, go with the Netflix series. You'll probably get a, a better, you know, a better chance of keeping things going. But... Wow! Now, now I'm waiting for for Agents of Shield to go dead. To go dead. That's actually good. No no, 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 no. I'm not wishing it, but I'm saying at the rate that it's going, they got rid of Agent Carter. They're not going to do Most Wanted. It doesn't surprise me if Agents of Shield. I mean, what's their ratings? What are their ratings like? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I think they're, they're good enough that they it's they've never been on like the really questionable bubble, but they do get on the let's just double check on that kind of a bubble. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like it's not like eh, it's usually like oh that's that's good enough to come back. Right. You know, that kind of a thing. Okay, well, I hope it stays because, I mean, I hear that this show, that, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I just keep hearing it's gotten better and better based off yeah, of what I mean, they have. In many ways, I mean, there are also parts that, you know, get a little bit tiring on it. Like, I have still have not grown to like uh, Sky slash Daisy. I have not grown to like her anymore than I didn't like her in the beginning, you know. I like her even more now. Yeah. Because she's got a set of boobs, that's why. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> that's all it takes for you. She, she could be a horrible-ass cat. Would you... That's a question. If a girl, if a girl threw her boobs in your face and said, "Don't spoil this secret," and gave you a major comic book secret, 
Would you keep it a secret? I probably wouldn't be listening to the secret. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes my answer. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Hopefully the show won't be canceled. But oh. speaking of cancellations, oh more fans of the long-running dramedy mystery show Castle were shocked to hear that the season finale was the series finale. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, even I was surprised to hear that the cutesy crime-solving couple played by Nathan Fillion and Stan Akadik didn't speak on set unless they were in character. And that Katik was what? leaving the show this season regardless of renewal. Yeah, they, evidently they did not get along. Um, however, smart showrunners filmed two different versions of the finale in case the show was renewed. So they actually had one, like if they were renewed, I think they were going to kill her off. Oh. Because she wasn't coming back. And I, they had to, I mean, their love was so strong, it wouldn't just be like, oh, she moved to another city and Castle just didn't give a damn. That would make no sense. So they would have to have killed her. Right. Um, and then, you know, that would have been weird trying to build your show from there. Um, and otherwise, they just ended it with... I, I didn't watch the end, so I don't know how it ended, but okay. it ended, you know... You want me to tell you? No. Because right. I'll actually watch it on uh, ABC. So there's a massive explosion, right? There's already been a massive explosion. And then a tank comes in. There and, was a tank. And then just starts blowing everyone away. They were lots of people being kind, blown away. Kind of like the show. tank we were driving on Friday. And then uh, Richard Castle turns out to be an actual superhero with powers and catches the bullet of the tank and throws it back at the tank. And then uses his resurrection powers and brings back Kate Beckett. I don't know how uh, mofos keep they fucking take you seriously. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> it, it just Thank you, Riley. Is it again? Hey, yeah. It, it just sounds like the the second plot twist to Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, right. so castle, damn. All right. What do a that. what do a half human, half fly hybrid, an elf queen, and a Starfleet doctor have in common? Yeah, that's confusing, isn't it? Yeah, hmm. Thinking about that, aren't you? See, I'm thinking of a nice coy answer, but I can't now with the, no, no. those ends. Oh, Here's water. Uh, they are all featured in the upcoming movie, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, what? Okay. Jeff Goldblum will play um, Elder of the Universe Grandmaster. Ooh. Kate Blanchett plays Queen of the Underworld Hela. And Carl Urban will appear as Enchantress's doting bodyguard, Scourge. All right. Yeah. And crossing the race boundaries and proving that Hamdale isn't the only black person in Asgard. Thank God. Tessa Thompson will play Valkyrie. Wait, there's more black people Wait. in Asgard? Valkyrie's going to be played by... Valkyrie will now be black and will be played by Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, although every fanboy from Middle Earth to Gallifrey already knew this, it has been officially confirmed that Mark Ruffalo will join the fight as Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk. Uh, returning cast members Tom Hiddleston, Idris Elba, and Sir Anthony Hopkins will join Chris Hemsworth in the Norse Gods' third installment. Thor Ragnarok is scheduled to hit theaters November 3rd, 2017. Oh, so, so next year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, a, year in, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, because you know this is 2016. Just you don't want sure. we, we've already commented about his math yeah yeah <laughs> don't let me spell it out for you there ralph <laughs> but, listen november is the only month i can spell because my birthday's in there <laughs> yeah n-o-v period doesn't count as spelling yes it does <laughs> in my book it does <laughs> yeah your book obviously has a lot of misspelled words go, go ahead mike darwin cook one of the most acclaimed creators in comic book industry and one of my personal favorite artists in the business passed away on may 14th mm. The award-winning Canadian artist created the sensational opening credits for the animated Batman Beyond series and gained reader attention with the 64-page prestige format Batman Ego from 2000, which he wrote and illustrated. Cook's most beloved and award, uh, awarded work was again as writer and artist for the epic Eisner, Harvey, and Schuster award-winning series DC The New Frontier. The story was an all-inspiring and heartbreaking tale of iconic and lesser-known DC heroes set in the 1950s. Cook's command of simple, thick, clean lines and fluid motion made him a fan favorite. Most recently, he collaborated with Love and Rockets creator Gilbert Hernandez to produce the four-issue series The Twilight Children. 
On Friday, May 13th, Cook reported that he was receiving palliative care for an aggressive cancer, but news came early the next day that he lost his battle with the lung cancer. He was 53. For the, for the holes at home, the understand what palliative care means. Uh, palliative. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, Riley, don't touch that. Um, could you explain what that is? Palliative care is um, basically... I mean, even if you are, if you're able to receive treatment for something that you know it might the treatment might work or whatever, it's really just saying they're doing your best to make you as comfortable as possible through all the pains and whatnot. In other words, it's not like medicine to treat you to get better. It's it's to make you as comfortable as possible while you're suffering through whatever wow. you're going through. Yeah, that, that's tough. Yeah, that's really tough. And, and I mean, I always liked his work. I mean, like you said, it's cl- his simple, clean lines. Yeah. And, and his heroes like smiley when they should be, but I mean, like his heroes were heroic. I love them. Yeah. yeah. I think, did uh, we ever talk about Batman Ego? No. No, we didn't. No. Because I remember you mentioning it once. No, actually, I didn't. Mike I, might I have mentioned it, it off-cast, but not during yeah. the podcast. Yeah, no, no, I no, definitely no. have never read it, but I've heard of it. But I, I definitely want to read that. Now, um, and I don't know if anybody took a look at the, uh, you know, our, our Facebook page, you know, uh, from Sunday, uh, I'm sorry, from Saturday's death all the way until uh, today, I've been putting up, you know, nothing but. Yeah. Uh, pictures to cover photos of his artwork because I just th- his artwork was fun. It was just so much. I've fun noticed that every time I like it, I forget that I'm I'm signed in as the as, 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 Yeah. <laughs> so it just says Meanwhile Twenty Two likes this picture. So it just seems like we're conceited that we like our own. And pictures. I hate when people do that. I hate when people <laughs> like their own thing. I'm like, well, you put it up. I assumed you did like it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Facebook doesn't make it easy. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah, but well, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, we, we we lost a good one. He was young yeah. too, man. Yeah, fifty three. I'm like, come on. Yeah, man. Uh, Alrighty, Paul. Usually I end on that, but this time I'm going to go from death to rebirth. DC Comics. No. Yeah. DC Comics upcoming, yet another, universal reboot titled Rebirth will that. change the landscape and storytelling across all of its titles beginning in June. The new universe is not supposed to be throwing away anything. Uh, rather, it is supposed to be to reintroduce uh, concepts from pre-Flashpoint, such as like legacy discrepancies and th- things along that line. Um, it's also going to build on everything from Action Comics 1 through New 52. Now, there is a one-shot kickoff due in stores May 26, titled DC Universe Re- Research, um, sorry, Rebirth Special Number 1. But as the internet and Ralph the Tech are wont to do, some major spoilers regarding the new universe have already been revealed. Yep. And in the spirit of our dear departed Ralph, <laughs> oh, he's not dead. Well, well, anyway, here are some spoilers. Well, your hitman failed every time. So. Yeah, you know. All right, here are some spoilers. White is the new black as Wally West is back. And to clarify that, the white Wally West is back. Choice took yeah. me a text yesterday about yes, that. Yes, but he's also back in pre-New 52 slash post-crisis Kid Flash uniform. With the yellow? Yes. Wow. If he, if he had seen a page, he would have seen it. It's, it's a big splash page. Well, I mean, we were talking about it. No, yeah. I'm just saying, but if he had seen the page. Yeah. You know, um, there are three Jokers, because that'll clarify things. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, the original JSA is back. And uh, that's the Justice Society of America for the Hose at Home. Those are the ones that preceded the JLA. That's Tom um, and Scott for you guys. You know. Exactly. And the big, big, big shocker. I'm ready for this one. Go. Go. The Watchmen are an active part of the DC universe. Yep, what? I heard about and that. And responsible for the loss of time. In fact, Dr. Manhattan is said now to be directly responsible for the creation of the New 52 and Rebirth. Interesting. Yeah. I'm expecting Alan Moore is killing himself now so that he can spin in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Talk about ending quick news on such a fucking thud, dude. So, yeah. so, so Dr. Manhattan evidently did something that royally fucked with all of reality. And created the circumstance that made New 52. You know what? He was trying to make his penis a little bit longer. 
He was probably <laughs> trying to fix the shit that DC's done. When you realize this is what is this now? There's six reboot, yeah, or is it seven? I mean, it's something. And this is their third reboot in less than a decade. You know, there, there yeah. should be a website that like tracks these reboots. You know? Yeah, you would be called I don't give a fuck anymore. dot com. <laughs> uh, it should be called I, uh, wait till next month. dot com. Riley, I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like DC's doing it all the time, and people are like, oh no, DC's got a, got a handle on all their comic book um on their on their comic book stuff. I'm like, no, they don't. They're doing another fucking reboot. It's 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 insane. I, I can't I can't even care for the most part anymore about what they're you know trying to do. Now, and I did know that um. That they're also saying that, like, you know, Rebirth is supposed to bring back a little bit more of the fun and da-da-da. I'm like, you mean more than your depressing-ass characters? Hopefully. Oh, wow. And, I and mean, also, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was like, I saw based on the um, the pieces of advertisement that's been in DC Comics, it looks like it's a little more fun because I've seen how they've drawn. But see, I've seen a Black Flash in in that um, in the Rebirth um, advertisement. So I'm wondering no. how that's going to be explained. Who knows? Um, I don't know. Maybe that's Wally from another universe that all grew up. And he's like, what, you mean I don't get my own comic now? <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Mike? Um, no, I was about to say that also they're going to, and I, and I love this. It's, they, act, they make it sound like it's for no other reason than just so that now that they've fucked up everything else in the past, they're hitting a historic um, level they want to show everybody they're going to actually renumber action comics and detective comics back to their original number oh so they can hit their fucking 1000 yeah because um, they're coming I, I forget what the exact numbers are but like action comic let's say I'm, I'm making up numbers here folks it's, it might like be like 960 something and detective is like 930 something so they're getting close to that 1000 mark and I'm like so what happened to the reason that you changed all your numbering was because it made it so hard for fans to follow and feel like they lost out on numbers and I'm like yeah it only matters when it, when it matters <laughs> you know? only matters when it matters that should be like the end of our show that should, that should be the tagline it only matters when it matters exactly <laughs> so that's all the quick news that's all the quick news wow you should have ended with the death <laughs> because he, he, he needs to not, not, not to just cook but I mean not this and Cook. I mean, you know, at least his artwork was, you know, awe-inspiring and made you feel, you know, like you could be a hero. Right. I mean, DC's Rebirth. But you know what? I'm not going to dog DC yet because you never know. Maybe the Rebirth is what they need to kind of... I'm hoping. To settle things. I'm hoping because, again, like I said, they're supposedly not just going like, you know, wake up and, you know, here's a new continuity. Again, they're supposedly honoring as much as they can everything from the beginning of their first comic book all the way until current. I don't know how you're going to pull off something like that. Yeah, that's that, that's that's a tough. Considering sell. that most of their comic book universes conflict with each other. Yeah, Ralph. Quick news. That's yes. not about you. No. Ah, there we go. <laughs> that, that seems to be the new question that we ask every time we talk about it. I actually have quick quick news. I don't want to be too too long on it. All I will say is this: Has anybody heard about End of X? End, End of, of X? X? No. End of X is supposed to be this um, storyline where they're going to, or at least Marvel Universe, are going to get rid of a lot of their X titles. Ooh. Amazing X-Men, all new X-Men, um, which are the other ones that, that are dying out? Um, Spider-Man, the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men. Wait, there's a Spider-Man in the X-Men? Y- yeah, I oh. guess. I mean... I, I guess that tells me I'm not reading it. <laughs> but yeah, so basically a lot of the, and regular X-Men itself, all being canceled. Oh God, now what are they going to do? Oh. Well, I mean, they're probably going to do what they did with the Fantastic Four. Keep the characters, but put them on Avenger teams or on these other teams. But that would. But the thing is, they can't do that because when they got rid of the Fantastic Four book and everybody said that was to get revenge on Fox, they said it wasn't. So, I mean, if you got rid of all the X titles, that would just sound like you're being vicious against Fox again. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> right. 
how come they don't get rid of like I don't know the Avengers titles? Oh, those are their own movies. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel's not playing fair. No. And mind you, it's it's um I think I heard it either on one of the other podcasts um that somebody was saying that it's oh what do they call it playing hardball small hardball but it's hardball right. because you really can't lose money through the you know right well I think personally I think and and if this if I'm right on it. It's actually smarter than, and it's actually the only way to keep their world uh, from losing more of their world. Is that I think what they're doing by disbanding a lot of the, like the X Men and the Fantastic Four type stuff is that if there is no X Men and there is no Fantastic Four, and even let's just say, let's say uh, for the sake of argument, I've had two members of Fantastic Four on another team, so they're it's on another team. They're not the Fantastic Four, and I introduce an adversary that particularly doesn't like those two members on that team. In other words, so they're really kind of a yeah. villain against the Fantastic Four, but it's not because there's no Fantastic Four. Gotcha. That means that Fox no longer has access to that villain. Right. Because if there is a Fantastic Four comic book going on, I think if they keep introducing new characters and they're major, then Fox automatically gets rights to them. As you know, well, that makes sense. And I think that's probably why they're disbanding these groups like that so that this way they can introduce new mutant type characters or whatever to the X-Men world, for instance. And not have uh, Fox go, and now we own the rights to them. Well, well it's yeah. funny because they're killing all mutants now because now they're doing the whole with the whole Inhumans, the, the, Terrigen the, the, Mist. The, the Terrigen Mist ki- are killing the mutant gene, and they're going after my girl too. You know, I'm pissed. Dazzler? Yes, good. Will you leave her alone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. All right, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I know Mike at some point we're, is going to have it in the quick news, uh, just yeah. giving you a heads up of what will be coming um, soon in the quick news. So, Raffle, what were you say? You would think they would like. Instead of having, um, <clears throat> since they're killing off the uh, the mutants, would they just turn them all into Inhumans? Who knows what they'll do. I mean, they did, they did it with Quicksilver and um, Scarlet Witch, but the way their origin was, it lended itself to that. Oh, because okay. because of you know they didn't really, you know with Magneto sort of being there but everybody kind of questioned it right. you know you could lend yourself to saying well no they're not really you know mutants they're you know they're well, inhumans. Uh, her spell proved that Magneto was her father. Just that no. Quicksilver wasn't her brother, I thought. No, 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 no. It, it proved that because she tried to stop Magneto. Cause oh, she, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. It affected Quicksilver, but didn't affect Magneto. That's what it right, was. Yes. That's right. So I was like, oh, shoot. Um, all right. So let's get. Uh, yeah. We're going to go to the first half right now. Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, I would have never thought we would cover this series. And, you know, so I, please, I've thought that we wouldn't be covering a book in a while because there haven't been any books that have been worthy of coverage. Nope. But and, and mind you, Mike mentioned this series about a year ago when he started talking about it. Yeah, when I was excited, when I heard about it, I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's funny. You got excited. I wasn't sure. But, I mean, we're going to talk about it right now, so I don't want to give it away. So, um, here, with the synopsis, is the man known as MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Alrighty, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a six-issue intercompany crossover miniseries from DC Comics and IDW Publishing. The series was published monthly from December 2015 through May 2016 and featured the titular characters created by Bill Finger slash Bob Kane (coughs) and Kevin Eastman (laughs) fighting common foes in Gotham. (laughs) Um, James Tinian IV scripted the books while Freddie Williams II drew the interiors. Synopsis. Um, Coroptera and Testudines and Rattus. Oh, my. During battle, the Dimension X warlord Krang transports the sibling turtles, Splinter, Shredder, and a large number of Foot Clan soldiers, or otherwise Foot Clan ninjas, from the gritty streets of New York to the grittier streets of Gotham. When Batman's scantily clad teenager alert sounded, uh, (laughs) the Cape Crusader was quick to the scene. 
Hiding his disappointment that the teens were turtles, the Dark Knight was soon embroiled in a fight to save not only the citizens of Gotham, but the heroic heroes on the half show as well. And with a mutagen-infected gang of Arkham inmates on the loose, it's going to take every bat, rat, turtle, and bastard date-rape offspring to stop the race to Armageddon. <laughs> Wordplay. Oh, boy. All right. So, you know what's funny? I was so waiting for, because usually Michael, oh, starring this one, starring that one, because we haven't done the book in so well, long. When I was writing out the synopsis, I'm like, oh, wait, I don't have to do that. Right. <laughs> it's funny, because I'm waiting. I'm like, is that it, Mike? Oh, wait, there's nobody starring in it. I'll do it. Starring Raphael as Raphael. Oh, quick, quick. Starring Leonardo as Leonardo. Did he get an Oscar? Michelangelo <laughs> as Michelangelo. Donatello as Donatello. Master Splinter as Master Splinter. I'll wait for you to stop cutting him off. <laughs> I'll start cutting him off. Sorry. And Bruce so Wayne as Batman. Ooh, there we go. All, All right. Hiroki Saki as Shredder. Okay, stop. Stop, stop, stop. I could barely take when you got through the turtles. Before we even go through it, let's please hear that wonderful new warning that we have courtesy of our friend Steve. I thought we had two of them. Huh? Oswald Copperpot as Penguin. Stop. Ooh. Just go. Press, press a warning. Press. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, Piss off, you wanker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having him in the room. It is. <laughs> I've heard him say those exact words so often. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get into it. Batman Turtles. Usually crossover books can be a shit show in regards to yes. the story. Because you're talking and to the characters. To the characters, absolutely. It's usually something that is, you're talking about two companies settling on how the story's going to go, who's going to look like the winner, how are they going to cooperate, you know, what are you going to highlight, what are you not going to highlight. Right. So... I would say about three quarters of the time, it usually doesn't go well. Yeah, it's usually just a shit show. You can tell whose ego got, you know, got the, was this the squeaky wheel, I guess. You yes. Know, like, it's got to be because my character, everyone knows him more. You right. Know? Yeah. So I went into this with a lot of uncertainty. I went into this with a big ass smile going, please don't suck <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm looking forward to it. Yes. I went into this saying, fuck yeah, turtles and Batman. Yeah. So let's get right to it. What did you like about it? Um, well, the art. I, I well, the art. Except uh, yes, for the Batmobile, I don't know what the fuck is up with that. <laughs> we were like on the same page. The second one that they had, the one that the turtles actually took, right. was a lot better than it was that first better, one. but still not good. But his and the thing is, in the I think it's the first issue. There's three shots of the Batmobile, and they don't look the same in either drawing. And all three drawings are horrible. They look like some. It looks like somebody like squashed a black praying mantis and then slapped it on his his. His car. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the hell, but the other artwork was I thought really good. Um, I thought that the, it had like lots of fun, vibrant colors, like like that that was reminiscent of more like of eighties type thing. It wasn't like dark and depressing, even though it was at night. It was still like darkness there, but I thought it balanced out the pages really well. In, in one scene, the Batmobile looks like a Catmobile. Yeah, it, oh, it's bad. It's it's I it's the only thing, and it also it's squashed. It's like it's like the wheels are tilted outward or something like that. I don't understand what he was drawing. I think that the second Batmobile, the second Batmobile he did was drawn by a friend of his. Like, hey, look, could, could you come on the show? I mean, could you come on the um, the comic book for a sec? I need somebody to draw a car for me. Exactly. Just two panels. Yeah, two panels is all I need. You, you know what yeah. happened was that um, the Hulk really had to go <laughs> and just slammed he, just, down. he took a dump and it landed on the Batmobile and it just squashed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not some about the things we didn't but, like. Some about things but, we um, do like. But like I said, I, I thought the the colors and everything were really great. I also thought that um, the splash pages he had. Were a lot of fun yes like the the big you know when they introduced like when he introduced shredder 
and you see all the Foot um, Clan just jumping up behind him. I thought was wonderful. Um, his Batman, I thought he drew. I liked the way he drew his Batman. You know, his Batman wasn't overly grim or anything like that, but he was stern, but still fun. Like it was just still. I, I don't know. There was something about the way he drew Batman I liked. Um, and his turtles, of course, were excellent. Yeah. What about you, Ralph? I enjoyed. I actually enjoyed the dialogue and the interac- yeah. interaction between um, dialogue was the, really good. The turtles and Batman. It felt very much like them. Like yeah. it didn't. It, like, <coughs> I, I said before the podcast, like what I like, it wasn't a, that grim, psychotic Batman. It was a Batman that was firm. Yeah. But like the Batman from the seventies and eighties that still gave a damn about people, mm-hmm. you know. And the the turtles were spot on. I, I felt like you know I could hear them talking, you know. Now and. The, I kind of like that little heart to heart that um, Batman had. Hey, rough, yeah. I know yeah. you would like that. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is yeah. not the Batman that I'm used to. That's what to. I'm saying. Like, it's it was the Batman that I'm used to. Like, like he's not supposed to be a a psychotic son of a bitch. He's a, he's a detective that's defending the weak and helping out people and taking down crime. You know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things I liked about this whole thing. I mean, first off. The, the connections they made. I mean, obviously, all the points you made valid, 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 valid. Art was fantastic. Yeah. Um. When you're talking about Batman and Ninja Turtles, both um, comic book entities that deal with being in the shadows, mm-hmm. you need somebody with strong, creepy looking lines. Right. This guy had it. Yeah. Um, was it Williams? Yeah, uh, Freddie yeah. Williams. Freddie, second. Yeah, man. He 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 really can't, he really brought his A game for this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, his lines look great. The shadows look great. The colors did look great. But the thing I really really liked was the fact that. The writers found a way to fit things synergistically. Mm-hmm. You didn't try to force feed some characters or situations or whatever. For right. for example, the idea that um, it would make sense that Killer Croc stumbles upon where the turtles were, right. were, were, were bunking out in Gotham. Yeah. That made sense. Or um, the fact that later on where um, Donatello is talking to the Justice League, you know, and he's talking with, of course... Cyborg, right? That makes it, it just yeah. everything fits so nicely, yeah. and it wasn't like oh you had to force that. It's like oh well, that that actually would would have happened yeah. that way. Yeah, but I also liked um, when, of course, you know, in the first issue, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, by the second issue, where you have to have your they've got to meet up and fight to some degree type of a scene. I liked the fact that it was like it wasn't even a contest. It was like no, Batman will beat those turtles, even all four of them. Um, because that's the whole thing is that they're not experts in their fields. They're they're, they're still teenage, right. Still well, they're total. still learning. They're yeah. always learning. But that you know, even though, and of course, when Splinter came in, I was like, okay, where are we going to go with this? And it was able to. He was able to do a little blocking and whatnot with Batman. So we never knew who could win. But I like the fact that Splinter though was just kind of like you know, let me step in here and you know, yeah. But then they they even um, when Splinter talks to the turtles afterwards, he's like. Um, that man's more dangerous than he seems. He was actually holding back. Right. He was studying us, right? Like fighting to see. Yeah, but what what it the was. turtles were saying, yeah, the yeah. turtles were saying. They, they, um, he was saying that they felt like he was he wasn't making any death blows or anything like that. He was actually studying him, you know. Which it's I didn't like the like way a they fighting detective, right? And I didn't like. I mean, granted, it was fun, but I was like, okay, you didn't have to word, use the word detective. That's yeah. a weird thing. He's yeah. fighting us like a detective. I'm like, I don't know what that means, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, I, I thought that was good in the, the way that uh, Splinter actually, you know, when when he's just like when. When uh, Batman's like, how did you get in my cave? And Splinter's like, I know how to follow a man. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm just like, yeah, he is a, he's got ninja skills there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I wouldn't be much of a ninja if I couldn't track a man down yeah. to a secret hiding place in his job. I even felt like the way it began, it didn't begin contrived. No. Issue it, two was, was say, contrived. Issue, issue two is more issue contrived. Issue one when they when you're narrating you realize like you know who's reading because at first you know you, you think it's Batman talking or one of the turtles talking but it's really a witness talking 
And the way they introduce the turtles, like on that second page, and you just see them all in black boxes where you can see some of their face and you see their mask. Because she's like, well, there was a hint of blue and then a hint of orange and a hint of red and a little purple, you know, like, and, you know, we see their faces and all like that. But the, I, that, that two pages, I was in. The story had me right there. It wasn't like a whole book. It took me in in two pages. The whole first issue. I mean, because usually when crossovers, I mean, the formula for crossovers is somebody's out of their universe or, you know, we stumble upon something that, you know, that um, could that even though it's two combo companies, they technically could be part of the same villain. So you meet, then you fight each other, then you're friends. Right. And also it's also which I'm glad this one didn't do. It's also usually and the reason that our two worlds have pulled together, it'll end universes. And it's like, no, it's just criminals. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that, you know. Yeah. So so I just felt like the. I mean, the first issue definitely wasn't contrived. Yeah. The first issue definitely felt like, you know, it, it paced itself well. It told the story well. Because even though in the second issue, it explained how, you know, why they got these two worlds got to meet. Right. I was like, oh, all right. It's a little more contrived, but I was still accepting of it. No, because I mean, it wasn't so hard. It wasn't like, you know, we just happened to do something and then God showed up. You know, it was just like, well, Krang used some machine and that machine did this and da 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 and poof, here we are. You know. Right. I, I'm glad that they didn't do, like, what they sometimes do where um, they make Batman seem like a super genius and they're like, right. oh, you need to get back home? Okay, yeah, I, I got the tools back in my in my back cave. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Foundation was working on that. Yeah. <laughs> I was working on a dimensional portal, you know, in my spare time because you know me, I'm, I save the city every day and then I, yeah. I, I work on secret projects. Yeah. It's just what I do because I'm, I'm Batman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One thing though, I mean, that um, skipping through a couple of the, uh, the issues, uh, one thing I thought was really good um, as far as drawn and whatnot, but at the same time, then it made me think about um, the other character's story itself. So it worked a little bit weird. I, I really did enjoy watching Batman and Shredder go at it. Yeah. However, the fact that Batman was having a tough time with Shredder, it's like, well, then Shredder would easily defeat those turtles constantly. Like, you know what I mean? Because they couldn't really attack Batman. You know, so it was like, well, let me think how this is working. The first fight, um, he was still holding back Batman. Right. So he was still just measuring. Well, no, he's holding back against the turtles. I'm talking about the turtles weren't though. No, no, no. I'm saying that in the when when uh, Batman fought Shredder for oh, the okay. first time, he was also well, still he always does because yeah. I mean he never goes for killer blows, you know, right. like that. He's assuming and Batman. I that's the cockiness with Batman. You know, he goes into these fights, especially when it's a fight fight, not um, a super powered <laughs> individual. When it's a fight, you know, he goes in like I want to beat you in, a, in three moves, and then it's like oh, I should have probably brought in my A game. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing, like Batman, we, we always think that you know he's a great fighter and he knows many styles, right. but he's he's not he's not an actual master in all those styles. Right. And I, but that again, that's the Batman that I like. In other words, yes, you know a lot, and of course you can kick ninety eight percent of the asses that you're gonna that, that are gonna attempt to fight you because who knows these things, you know? But you you do have your limits. You can be beaten, not just because the guy has super strength either. Yeah. It's because you're going to find people that it's you don't know every fighting style. You know, obviously. Yeah. And someone's going to have moves that, yes, you can say, I'll remember that move. I'll learn from that move, yeah. you know. But That's not right. that I can just take you down. That was so cool when they did the, that he has um, a holographic recorder in his cowl right. so he can re- read, like, yeah. go yeah, that was And pretty, that, that makes sense. sense, you know. That was pretty slick. That, yeah. that, that worked really well for him. And then the other thing that I really liked is when um, Batman and Leonardo were sparring and Splinter was, like, spectating on the side mm-hmm. and also commenting. And yeah. then, so he's, he's talking, he's like, um, careful, he's leading you more than you think. Right. And then Batman's like, uh, his foot, uh, watch his footwork. Uh, Splinter says to him, watch his footwork. And then Batman's like, his footwork looks fine for me. I wasn't talking to you, Splinter says to Batman. <laughs> and then Leonardo gets uh, the better of him. And then Batman's like, 
I was distracted. <laughs> and you know, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, you were distracted. That was funny. <laughs> it, 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 it found a way of being light and being serious and it kind of yeah. balancing out real low. Even to yeah. the fact when, when they offered Batman pizza, which I was wondering, I'm like, how is this going to go? He took it. He, he took the pizza. I was about to say, he should take it. He's not a snob. You know? He took the pizza and he's like, mm, good. Yeah. Uh, but one thing, though, and I, I definitely love was the, because it, it made me feel again like, Again, like we've talked before, like how like I, I you you want to be in their world to fight. Like it was the first time in ages I've read a Batman that I actually wanted to be in Gotham with Batman helping out because it's like usually it's just so dour, dour and and inhospitable. But um, the scene where they finally, where the turtles themselves are finally in the Batcave, yeah, that is just so much childlike fun <laughs> that you're like, yeah, I forgot how fun the like you know because because uh, Michelangelo he's, he's riding the dinosaur that's in the cave. He's like, this is everything I've ever wanted in my entire life. <laughs> It was just, it was wonderful to see that much fun, you know. Now, only, not only with the, the, the way they worked Batman with the Turtles, how did you feel about the way they worked the villains together, Shredder versus villains? I was just about to say, now, one thing I really liked, and, and again, you, you'll find this problem sometimes too, especially if a crossover is with a lighter-hearted um, character or something like that, is that the villains start to become jokes. Shredder was always on. He was, I'm the fucking Shredder. The whole episode, he, you know, like, and and in that, it kept the Gotham villains on their toes as well. But um, it, yeah, he was mean and nasty. Be like, um, there's there's a couple of um things that are violent in um the thing. But what I like about it is that it's still obtainable for kids because it happens off panel. Like you know when they blow up the uh, the device so they can go home the first time. Yes. And then he's like, well, the Batman's like, yeah, but we still have Doctor Khan, and you know he can recreate this. And he's like, do you really, Batman? <laughs> and then the next, you know, Alfred's like. Sir, we have a problem. He goes, his head just exploded, you know, and you're like, shit. And then the next time when we see Rachel Ghoul, when uh, he meets Shredder, Shredder's like, where are my men? And Rachel's like, yeah, I slit all their throats. Yep. And you're like, damn. But, but again, you don't see it all. And I actually appreciate it. It was nice that the violence is there, left your imagination to take the, the yes. fights. But yet, you know, it was still something that like if you had like a, an early teen reader, you'd be like, oh, you can read this book. It's no problem. Right. You know. It, it, it definitely worked. I mean, Shredder was always on, and you could tell. You know, it was like when, when Shredder teamed up with Penguin. It didn't feel like, oh well, Penguin. Hang on, baby. You, you didn't feel like Penguin was the big bad, and Shredder right. definitely let it be known that he was the big bad. Oh yeah. And then to have the other Batman villain come in to end up being like, wow, there's there's a a team of ninjas in Gotham. And I don't know about them. I was like, nice tie-in, guys. Yeah. No, that was actually... When I saw Rachel Ghoul, when I first saw him, I'm like, eh. And then I was like, well, let's see where it goes. And I'm like, I actually like... I liked the way that they were working together. And that you know that both of both Shredder and Rachel Ghoul are sitting there plotting to how they're going to fuck the other over if yes. they win. I mean, even though it doesn't actually come up. I mean, it's mentioned like, you know, he'll, he'll turn on you. And they're both like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, of course we will. Waiting for it. <laughs> uh, so now what did we think, though, about... Uh, the mutagen's use in Arkham. Oh, that uh, when I saw that, I'm like, Holy are we going? Are we going shit. to the things we don't like? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm saying no because that's for me. I didn't like it, but go ahead. I I kind of enjoyed that one. I, I saw that. I'm like, wow. Say, so, I was trying to like guess what what they would be, right? You know. So then I saw, um, Iceman, Polar Bear. Okay, cool. That's oh, uh, uh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Yes. Yeah, right. But, but that was that was my Did thing. You just with it, say is that, Iceman. Yeah, my bad. He is an Iceman. <laughs> well, but see, my problem was, I mean, I, I I liked it in the sense of once it happened and I looked at it and I gave the side that the cap just gave earlier. Um, I you know I accepted it, but it was just like, dude, it's a mutagen. It's not a it's not a like a, a punagen. 
<laughs> like, 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 just because I happen to be Mr. Freeze doesn't mean I'd be a polar bear, you know. Like, it, it, you know, and what? Um, Harlequin became a jackrabbit. Um, no, I think Harlequin was more like a. I thought she was a rabbit. I, I assume she was more of a jackrabbit. I'll tell you right now. Um, well, well, but, Mr. Well, Freeze was a polar bear. Joker was a snake of some form. He's a lizard of right. some form. Um, Joker, Joker was a snake. Yeah. Uh, uh, who do we else we had? Um, Poison Ivy was like a praying mantis. Yes, yeah, she was a praying mantis. Two Face was a baboon, kind of. Yeah, with a burned face or something like that. The Riddler was a fox. Yeah. A raccoon. Was a raccoon, yeah. A raccoon. We got Penguin as a bird. Surprise. Uh, who else? We got Bane as an elephant. He was an elephant, yeah. And Which I was surprised at. I'm like, wouldn't he have just been a big bear? <laughs> well, I, how, I, how, I how, he wasn't a big snake. He uses venom. Harlequin was like a dog kind of a thing. I thought she was more of a... She looked to me more of a rabbit type thing. Let me check the last issue. Well, what, well, well, to not give us any dead air. I was just about to say, now we have dead air because everybody's looking at the computer. Um, but anyhow, but the, the thing is, like I said, I, I got over she it, was but more yes, like, it was kind of hokey. No, yeah, she was more like a hyena, kind of like a, a dog. So. Okay. But, um, but yeah, like I said, I, as much as, like I said, I, I grew to enjoy it. it, it still felt a little hokey. That was something I wasn't a big fan of, but it didn't take away from it because it wasn't the centerpiece of the whole story. Oh, that's but, uh, um, Scarface, the puppet. Right. And then... The, the his man, the guy that's holding him up, is an owl. Right. I, I, I thought he was more of a parrot or something like that. It might have been a or parrot. a minor bird, only because those are birds that actually can talk. Yeah. You know. But um. But anyhow, but going back to the thing, like I, it, it's enjoyable. Um. And it's not a, the centerpiece of the whole thing. Uh. But the only thing I was kind of mad was that you didn't get, you know, it built up to this huge fight with all these enemies, and it was kind of like the Batman v Superman the fight a little bit. Like it wasn't yeah. as, you know, like, like in other words, you didn't get the, like, a, like you're going to make a fight with all these villains and I want to see this big fight. And you, you got glimpses of the fight, but it just, it wasn't as fulfilling. Nope. You well, know, as I the minute they turned into animals, it wasn't fulfilling. Well, yeah. And so everything was good about this comic book and this is definitely going to be seen in the ratings. But to have your big climax be that you're, um, that Batman and the turtles weakened, which I love the way you explain how mutagen is affected. How, how the mutagen changes when they cross universes. Right. That made total sense. Yeah. Like, that would fucking make sense. Right. To then have the mutagen turn around and change the, the, the Arkham the Arkham members into fucking animal-like forms, right. it just got hokey. Yeah. Everything, every, all the credibility they got, I feel like they lost well, some yeah, of Like I there. said, I, I didn't enjoy the fact that they made them like animals that kind of represent them, but like I said, I got over it enough to enjoy it through the rest of the book, yeah. which was, like, I think, the last issue anyway. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if, it was, if this, thank goodness, if this it was, was early issue on, four, no, this would have, that would have been horrible. Uh, oh, like it, well, I didn't like that the, that fight with, with uh, mutated um, villains was so quick and that, that they didn't really show it because all you see is one panel where... Uh, Splinter picks up um, Harley Quinn's hammer and he's like, oh, this will do nicely. Right. And then all you see is after um, Shredder and Ra's al Ghul are defeated, um, they're like, what about the rest? Is Master Splinter's like, I've taken care of them and they're all down. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that was easy. And then I, it was like, it was like staples. Oh, and that was easy. I, I just found one of my favorite lines in, in the comic. Yeah. So uh, Mikey is fighting the polar bear, Mr. Freeze, right? And, right. and he says, Ralph, Look, it's a polar bear with an ice gun. How freaking cool is that? And then uh, Mr. Freeze goes, you want cool, child? I'll give you cool. And then he goes, oh, man, you got the lines down and everything. An A minus, uh, an A plus, good job. <laughs> you like would said, like that. <laughs> like I said, there, was, it was just, there was good humor throughout the book, stuff like that. Um, they had Mikey down packed. Like yeah, that. I mean, like they, they, it was a really good writing. Um, what, um, when Tap mentioned about the mutagen, um, with not giving every single plot point away but what i did like about it was that because they're from a different universe the 
anything that they brought with them. So that could be like whether it's their weapons and also definitely the properties they're made out of were slowly reverting to whatever was a a a, um, a correlating property in our universe. So in other words, like some of their metallic properties didn't exist in our universe. So that it was just if if it, if they called it steel in the turtle universe, it was steel with let's say different ions or whatever. It would just start to become steel in our universe. So therefore, since the mutagen was of products that did not exist in our universe, our universe, the mutagen was starting to turn into some inert object, which meant they would no longer be what they were. Yeah, you know. So I, I thought that was a nice little extra added twist to you know getting uh, you know to wanting them to go back home and stuff like that. All but right. uh, and but without going what exactly happens with all the fights stuff like that, I just did not like the resolution. I thought the resolution was like one, two, three, we're done. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, like, like Mike and I say, they bendest it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was like, you know, you had five issues, five and a half, five and three quarters. I wonder how this, oh, it just ends. <laughs> oh, the curtain's down. I guess we applaud. It, it, it but, was a, a little dramatic with uh, Raphael's farewell to Batman. Yeah, no, that uh, was great. That was really, really good. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, unlike Bendis, it was a lot more fun. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Bendis, when you, when you get Bendis, it's like, not only did you just go through five books of a six book series with a horrible resolution you also realize that out of those five books it really was just one and a half books with a horrible resolution (laughs) you know this one um it's like you know it's a you can actually end up reading through those six books in like before you know it like you you just sit down with them you're done in like a couple hours you know yeah it's a very fun light read yeah so i mean i was very i was pleasantly surprised even with the ending being bad it, it definitely affected the rating it was still better than i anticipated right all right, so um, anything you want to add before we go into the renaming of the series and ratings? Nope. Nope. All right. So, all right, rename the series. What would you name it? Uh, Teenage Mutant fucking fighting Batman Turtle Shredder going down, motherfucker. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I was just going to say Batman Turtles equal billing because it felt like equal billing. <laughs> like, you know, you, you would think that with Batman having a longer history than Turtles, Turtles would be like the undercard, and they they, they just wrote them perfectly, like you know, ha- you know, hand and fist, like they were both equally represented. It was good. Wow, Mike. Um, I just say you know, we've had Benifer, Brangelina, <laughs> and now Shredder Al Ghul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they made quite the cucumber. <laughs> okay, cucumber. All right, so let's go into I can just it. Just imagine them like leaving, just just like as they're leaving, Shredder's going back to the universe. I'll always remember you. <laughs> Here's a picture of Roz. <laughs> Roz, Roz, naked, but like just with his butt up, like, you know, with his legs flipped up on the bed. You know? Oh my God. <laughs> Always yours. Let's just go to ratings. <laughs> ratings for Batman Turtles. Mike? I give this eight. This is a totally awesome team up out of 10. Oh, all right. Ralph? I give this four turtles out of five and a half show. Oh goodness! <laughs> he just confused me because he's a five and a half job. I'm like, I knew you get confused on that one. He's like, wait, is that five and a half? Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna give it eight and a half. Just get rid of the fucking animal villains out of ten. Nice. Okay. Uh, no, so wow, so pretty positive reviews for this. All right, so then if we ever run into Freddie Williams the second, loved your artwork. Learned to draw the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> spent, spent three weeks drawing drawing some um, cars before you get onto that. If I have a book that's really good for you. It's called How to Draw Cars. Uh, let's not even go like that because honestly, the rest of the book was good beside the cars. So, yeah. you know. All right. So, there you have it. Batman Turtles. Crossover. Not as hokey as one would think. Let's see. I was going to make a joke about, oh, it's not as ham-fisted dealing with 
no. you know, the, the whole animal thing. But yeah. really, as many corny jokes as you fucking said, whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that, so, that had more corn than a than a silo. <laughs> wow, you must be giving him a hand job underneath the table. So we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, twenty two pages later, after I try to get Riley to go take a nap, be right back. So, you think these bozos would actually have the foresight of creating a new commercial after they make something cool? Well, since they're too lazy, Big Kev here is telling you to download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app. That's right, it's got lots of cool features, like different comic trivia games to keep you busy, and an episode vault so you can catch up on shows you've missed, like all the episodes with me. New things are being added as we speak. So download the new Meanwhile 22 Pages Later app for all of your Apple devices in the App Store. Also, find Meanwhile 22 Pages Later on Facebook and tell them what you think of the app and the show. Personally, I think they suck. All right, we're back. And for our second half, we're going to start gearing up and of course, Riley starts talking now. <laughs> We're going to start gearing up for the newest X-Men movie. X-Men Age of... Uh, I'll say Age of Future Past. <laughs> Age, wow, really? Yeah, maybe I'm wishing. X-Men Age of Future Past. <laughs> X-Men talked about by an old man. Wow. <laughs> You're not talking about it, Mike. <laughs> X-Men Age of Apocalypse. To do that, we're going to play a game called Thank You, Brian Singer. Fuck you, Brian Singer. In this game, the Meanwhile 22 crew... We'll take a look. At, we'll take a look at director Brian Singer's work on the X franchise and determine whether he's helped or harmed the franchise thus far. And for your fans at home who not sure about who Brian Singer is or what he's done, remember he's been the director of X Men, X Men or X Two as they call it, and X Men: Days of Future Past, as well as producer credits for X Men: First Class, which means that X Three and um yeah, X Three is the only one he did not direct or produce. Yeah. Right, am I right? No, out of, out of eight films, he's only involved with three of them. Oh, well, I don't count. Well I, well, I don't count the Wolverine one. I mean, they're all they're all I, yeah, they're connected. Involved. I guess. Yeah, he yeah. got so, a producer credit for the Wolverine one. Yeah, producer credit for Wolverine one. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, I stand corrected. Okay, remind me to well, stand corrected and bring that up <laughs> later on, Mike. Okay. All right, so um, let's get started. Who would like to start first? How do you feel about um Brian Singer? Do you say thank you, Brian Singer, or do you say fuck you, Brian Singer? And please explain why. You can go first. I'll go first. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. Uh, um, believe it or not, I was. It took me a while to figure out where I was going to go with it, but I'm going to say thank you, Brian Singer. Here's why: um, when Brian Singer became the director of X Men back in uh, when when the film came out in 2000, I think he got announced back in '98. Mm-hmm. He just finished doing. Um, he just finished doing Usual Suspects. Okay. And anybody who hasn't watched it, please, you need to watch that movie. That movie is fantastic. A little slow, but fantastic. I feel like he gave the superhero movie genre some credibility. Think about the movies in the 90s. Everybody talks about, oh, yeah, well, you know, um, the movie was very serious. And X-Men, for what it was, it was a little bit slower than some of the movies we're used to. But let's also remember the movies that were in the 90s. You had The Crow. You had... Um, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. Right. So, somewhat good movie, flop, flop. Right. <laughs> then you had Blade, you know, not not until later on. You, I mean, basically all the superhero movies you had, you had Steel, 
So if you were talking about a superhero movie, there was no credibility about it. Brian Singer brought some serious credibility to the superhero film, especially um, a title like X-Men where you have a lot of very colorful characters, if you, especially if you're talking about like Wolverine, Nightcrawler, um, Storm, these, these really larger-than-life characters, you had to get the audience to buy on because, unfortunately, as much as, as good as great ideas go, it's butts and seats that, that help make these movies continue. Right. So they, I feel like he found a way of normalizing in a way where everybody could understand it and you wouldn't see a big yellow Wolverine coming across the stage and make it look dumb. Because I think if they would have done it back then, they wouldn't have done it really well at all. Has anybody seen Roger Corman's 1994 Fantastic Four? Yeah, but that was made just to get the damn project done. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, any, anything done, you know, even the, remember the Fox, the, 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 the the Fox shows that they had, um, what they have, um, a, a TV movie of um, Mutant X. They had Mutant X. They had the um, Generation X. What was the other one? Um, uh, what was his name? David Hasselhoff. With Knight Rider? No, no, no. He he played um Nick Fury. Oh, you're talking about the movie? Yeah. Oh, Nick Fury. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You know, like like if you saw the way they, those were done, they were trying to stay really close to the way the comics did them, and it didn't really work well, right? Because what the, you know the resources they had, and with well, it, that's also just. Bad writing. I mean, it, see, that's the thing is like there, there's a difference between like because Fury didn't require a lot of CGI. It just required good actors and good writing, and they didn't use either of those. <laughs> you know. Yeah. For me, Brian Singer. It's yes. I mean, he may have made a better film of what we had, but I don't judge films on a better film of what it had. It's like it's either still a good movie or it's not. And I don't know. Sexman film. I like it, but you know. All right. All right. So I'll make that first point. And I think the second thing also is that. Um, Brian Singer likes continuity. What? You, do you not agree with me? Brian Singer likes continuity. I mean, now granted, the continuity might be skewed based on what other directors did because people talk about, oh, well, X3 sucked. Well, X3 wasn't Brian Singer's fault. Right. right. X3, X3 was um, Brian Singer leaving and Fox having to pick up the pieces. Right. So I so just. So it is his fault? Yes, yes, it is actually. But I'll talk about that later. Oh, I mean, I don't feel like you can really blame him. I mean, he he left, and they had plenty of time to pick a new director, and they still had their cast, and they should have had a story written because Brian Singer didn't write the story. Brian Singer was just responsible for directing it. Uh, no, you're wrong. He wrote two, one and two. He was did, he was a writer on one and two. So was he responsible and for writing director, three? He. What did you just say? That he he big on yeah. continuity, right? So. Guess what? <laughs> he what? evidently wasn't that big on continuity when he heard Superman. Oh, let me go <laughs> suck that super dick over there. <laughs> Fuck the continuity I already started. Yeah, but, but you know it's funny when he came when he came back on. If you notice, because he came back on after First Class, he produced First Class and then said, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to go back to helping." And he fixed continuity. He fixed it with Days of Future Past. So I think, thank you, Brian Singer, because if it wasn't for what he did with the X-Men movies, we wouldn't have the Avengers. We wouldn't have Iron Man. We, I mean, we might be stuck with the Fantastic Four that just came out, and that would be our big blockbuster. Well, I mean, how, how, how can you say then we would have just jumped to the Fantastic Four? If we wouldn't have had Avengers and all those, we wouldn't have had the Fantastic Four either. Maybe, maybe You can't not. pick and choose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, with that, I mean, without, without him and what he did with the X-Men, we wouldn't have had a lot of the movies that we have now. Because they, um, a lot of movies wouldn't have taken risks on that. So that's what I'll say. I'll say thank you, Brian Singer. Thank you. Leave the little boys out of it. All right. Ralph. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go there. <laughs> I'm going to say thank you, Brian Singer, for fucking us. Oh, damn. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh. 
So you're reading you're reading the lawsuit by the little boys? Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I like that. Oh, go ahead, Ralph. Even though, all right, if you listen to my past ratings of the, of the X-Men movies that we covered, I didn't give them that bad of a rating, but even the like the stories they could have been a lot better and like direction wise there's a lot that like he fucked up on and especially the fact could that, you give an example um when uh i know he was a producer in, in first class mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. even then it's like can you choose the actual first class that you know not the ones that you go and like how you have and you said he's big on continuity right but not accuracy where you have um havoc and being the same age as you know even older than scott does that make sense to you? I don't know if he was in charge of the story back then because if he because if he's as big as continuity as I've always believed him to, he wouldn't have let that happen. He was a producer, but probably didn't have a hand in it. And then I understand that um, you know Wolverine is like your your main guy; he's your big hitter. But in Days of Future Past, could you have you know, maybe stuck closer to the original story? That would have been nice, right? <laughs> as much as I enjoy Days of Future Past, it just it's nothing to do with the book at all. But if you have Kitty Pride, I mean, uh, with with how Kitty Pride has been developed, would it have really worked the same way? It could have, yeah. It would not have sold as many as many fucking tickets as as Days of Future Past did. I guess Hugh no, Jackman versus um, what's her name? I'm not saying I'm not right. saying to to get rid of Wolverine from the. No, story. no, I know what you mean. I know you, to but, not make him the focal point of, yeah. to stay very true to what the comic book is. Yeah, and and like keep you can keep Wolverine in it, and but just have. Um, Kitty Pride, the the one who goes back and be like, "Hey, you well, know." Again, see, that's the thing is that everyone's confusing. There's no going back in time. Well, well the more the mind <laughs> moving her mind to her younger forward, self. right? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no actual going back in. It's time, a mind you know, swap, right? Really, yeah. yeah. But but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, even the Wolverine part didn't bother me. It's just like I said, I enjoyed the movie, but yes, it has its flaws. It, it has more flaws in the future of the movie than I found in its past. Like when they're showing ten oh, years in the future, right? Yeah, and then I had more problems with that part. What's, of the movie. what's the whole point of that? If now the next movie takes place still just a few years after, um, after the new history in the seventies. Yeah, right. It takes it's place like, in the eighties. What's, what's the whole point of showing the future if you're just gonna be like, okay, here's what's what's gonna happen? But you know what? Let's tell you what's happening before all that. Well, because now what's happened with Days of Future Past is it's reset time. In other words, yeah. Brian Singer's. Actually, it's not even him. He didn't write the uh, story for Days of Future Past. Uh, it it basically just said the first three movies that you've seen of the X Men have not occurred. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. Yeah. So, just so to... which is which is again one of those things. Like I said, when I get to it, it's just like that's your continuity. You that's... just got rid of your continuity. That's thank you, DC way. Universe. But but, but, but but I think that's the only because of three. It's not because of one and two. It's because of three. Well, it's because three. He can, he can say whatever he wishes, but either way, because <laughs> think know? about it. If three three sucked, if, if one and two, if you left it at one and two. Because, I mean, you could tell it's two different writers. Why do three suck? Three suck because Brent Ratner and the other well, writer. Because Brian Singer didn't stay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's what I'm saying. No, it's but like, I'm saying, but he I came, created he came, my own problem that I fixed it. And, and he fixed it. <laughs> and, he, and he came and fixed it. When he came on, he fixed it. And I, and I can't even knock that. He didn't, like, work with it and try to make shit into Shinola. He actually said, you know what? Let's, let's go with a clean slate. And nobody saw it coming. Yeah. I, I mean, think about it. When we Right before we saw that movie, nobody thought he was going to retcon the universe. No one thought that. They thought they were going to say close to. No, well, we we just hoped that he'd explain why that Wolverine has metal claws, but he didn't do that either. No. Oh, no, no, that's true. Yeah. Continuity. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm like, I looked at you when you said continuity. I'm like, he has not a <laughs> damn thing about continuity. You know what happened was, is that that whole, um, he was looking at his budget to see what he can do, 
And then since they, they saw that Famica Jansen was going to make an appearance, they had to allocate at least 90% of the budget for the lens flare. Oh, that lens flare, man. <laughs> you can still, with the, stay, still stay with the lens flare. And for flare. the burn cream for the rest of the crew that, <laughs> that was caught in the light. I swear to God, we could never have her on. <laughs> but she's not pleasant either, so fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> See, Eva Mendez, we have hope for you. We, we can't afford her lens flare anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on an audio podcast, we're going to worry about lens flare. <laughs> Oh my God! We're sitting in the heart of the sun, interviewing Pamka Jensen. How do you keep looking so young? I stay on audio podcasts. We're laughing at our own shit. We're fucked up. Okay, Ralph. Any other points you want to say? He said, "Thank you, thank you for fucking us." Yeah. Just, I mean, come on. Just if you're gonna do the X Men story, you have so many out there that are really good. Follow that. Don't do your own shit, you know? If you're going to do something new, do it clo- do it new but close to what the story was, is, you know? Add something extra that makes it better. Mark it down on your calendars on Sunday at 3.45 p.m. Ralph not liking something. I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, I just, okay. I, I just had some. Okay, I'm sorry. Mark that time. 3.46. Ralph retracking. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph backtracking. All right. Good job, Ralph. <laughs> Mike. Um, well, I just say uh, with with the same two big hairy fingers he decided to, I say fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Singer. Um, <laughs> as you heard, even my interjections, this is like I mean, well, first thing with the first movie, like I said, it's it's fine. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the first X movie when I saw it. Um, I felt it moved a little bit slow even then, but you know that was here, here or there. But what really angered me because he was involved with the story plot of that one is that he depowered all of the female leads. Yep. Except for Mystique, but he just made her just unusual. He just made her what she wasn't, which was some like odd sexual backflipping character. I just didn't understand what that was all about. But yeah, so that just angered me that like every woman in that film who, which of the ex and of the ex women that were there, they were all very powerful women, you know. And so like I I wasn't a fan of that. the uniform thing, like people thought that was going to bother me. It never really bothered me that much. I I, I was already bored with seeing heroes in black leather, but I, I it get just bo- didn't bother me. I know? get bothered when people talk about it in retrospect, like, oh, that sh- that was a horrible idea. But back then, everybody was all about, yeah, because it made no sense for for colorful uniforms. Well, and I'm like, okay, guys, let's not backtrack. All right, right. I mean, for the time, it made sense because colorful uniforms weren't done well. Well, see, but that's always my argument, though, which is. When people say, well, you know, it, it, it wouldn't have worked. And I'm like, you're right. Remember when Superman was in all black? Yeah. Oh, that's never happened. Oh, but yeah. Superman's never. No, it's not. He's still in a very colorful, jokey uniform. But yet somehow nobody complains about that. You know, and, and yeah, that but, was my problem with but, that. But a person like Wolverine, that. that, that well, he wasn't because... in clown yellow. I mean, yeah, but he, <laughs> he, he had yellow and he had these big old horns. Yeah, he's supposed to be a man of stealth. And a, well, it, I mean, it's... yeah, reduce the level of the horns to like just like the little flip up, you know, to the side. I mean, they, they could have just tamed down his outfit, but. Like, it's just that they just went to, it was just boring. It was just guys in leather pants and a leather jacket. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, but like I said, I was more worried about the, the way the story went along. And like I said, I didn't find the story that interesting overall. But it was good to have something on the screen that wasn't um, campy, tongue-in-cheek stuff that we had been getting. Um, but like I said, I, I tend to, I like to rate a movie on what it is, not just, not only in comparison to the others. Yes, comparatively, yes, it was the better of the kind of crap that we'd been getting. But it just didn't grab me that far. But it wasn't a horrible movie, so I'm not rating it on the movie when I'm saying fuck you. I'm just saying like I didn't like <laughs> what he did with all the women in the movie. It, that just kind of left me wondering. It's a good point. No, um, the part like uh, you know, which I already spoke about too, when, when the cat mentioned about uh, 
you know, his continuity and the fact that, uh, you know, X3 being so bad, I'm like, no, I do hold him responsible for that. Like, he left. He, it, you know, it's just like, it's kind of like the dad that went out for cigarettes and didn't come back for 10 years. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's nice that you came back and it's nice that you bought me a new PlayStation, but, <laughs> you know, you fucked me over for those years. <laughs> you know, you, you missed my graduation. You missed my perm. You missed yeah. my first date. Yeah, Where because, are you, Dad? Because um, because the thing is, he not only directed X-Men and X2, he actually was a story writer for both of them. So he was part of the writing of this universe, and then he was just like, good luck. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's one thing to have a director leave, but when you have the writer also leave, yeah. you're just like, no, you, you fucked me over, and I'm glad your Superman Returns sucked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's why I said, if you notice, I said in the beginning, I was in between because yeah. I felt that same right. way. But then also, and I, and I wanted to let this go because I'll bring this up too. We were talking about the continuity when Ralph mentioned about like, why in the world would have a, you know. be older than. Yeah, I um, guess he was one of the writers of First Class. Was Brian Singer? Singer. Yes. <laughs> Producer and writer. I'm like, that's why I'm like, no, he doesn't give a really crap. He's making his own damn thing. Yeah. Um, and again, I like First Class, it, but it does have a lot of flaws that way. But I still enjoy it as a watching movie, but it has its problems. I, I, um, but I like it better with more excitement than I like I think the first X-Men film though it just felt more lively more like there was something going on I guess maybe because it it had more purpose you know um, so I, I, I did like that in it um, but then in Days of Futures Past though he actually wasn't a writer on that which I thought was weird so he's not correcting his own universe wow okay <laughs> so, I, I so this, this is so weird yeah it's yeah, like the, the thing that he's getting credit for not just here I mean everyone's yeah. crediting him for like reimagining the X-Men universe no he just directed that he didn't write this one at all. <laughs> Meanwhile, the one and two he wrote. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So that's why. That's why I'm, I'm like because I don't know what his actual vision is anymore. He's he's being credited for a lot, and you know, and, and I'm just as guilty as the next person. I'm the same person that will go, oh, someone directed a film, and I always go, that was bad, that wasn't. But I never bother to see if they wrote it or not. We still blame them if the movie was bad, even if the writing was bad, even you know if they didn't write it, we still blame it. That was bad because right. he directed it. I think we know that's not fair, but in this case, he didn't re-steer the, uh, the X-Men franchise. Actually, another person did. Yeah, I, I think his vision is uh, farsighted. I'm not too sure, though. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think without, without him, he's, we'd got, he's got a young stain in one eye. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> young stain in one eye. horrible. <laughs> was, he, was he in Peter Parker's room after Tony Stark? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I don't get the gong for once. Thank God. <laughs> for three shows in a row, I was getting the gong. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, but uh, now, but it will be interesting because he is directing and he is uh, one of the writers on uh, um, Apocalypse. So it will be interesting to see how this goes. Yeah, you know, and to see where I'm assuming now his vision is going to to pull us. I will see that. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I don't hate the guy or anything like that, but I I just I don't have full trust in him. Is it's just my thing, well, you know? Here's a fun fact: the budget for X Men Apocalypse is 234 million wow. U.S. dollars. Wow! Wow! As opposed to yen. <laughs> Which is how we normally measure things here on the show. <laughs> yeah, don't you use yen? <laughs> Not yen. <laughs> yen wasn't that one of the guys? Oh, oh never mind. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Brian Singer. Oh, oh, oh. I was yen wait, wait, or, or some young guy. Oh. Oh, no, he gets a gong for that shit. Fuck that. No, that, that one's already. You know. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's already. It's already. Oh, because I didn't mention his cousin, Wang Hung Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mike couldn't resist himself. I was baiting him. I, I, I was baiting resist. him. <laughs> I said, I let me get Mike going. He'll get another gong by then. <laughs> All right. So we have a thank you, a thank you for fucking us, and a straight fuck you. Yeah. Now, before we before we move on from the segment, let me ask you. If you had to, to, to um, rank the top three X-Men movies 
and you can count Wolverine as part of it. You know, both Wolverine movies. <laughs> I'm sorry, you said both movies. <laughs> like anyone counts that high. <laughs> well, I keep forgetting those two exist. Origins. Oh. Origins is horrible. Was horrible. Um, what would be your top three X-Men movies? Hmm. You don't have to put them in order because it might take a little time, but I would say, what are your top three definitely? Um, for me, definitely. I mean, it's just it's easy. Um, X2, First Class, and Days of Future Past. Those are the, the, my top three. I would, I would go for those three also. Yeah. And not in that particular order, but I haven't decided the order. I would have to agree. I think, honestly, X for me, X2 would be my first top one because you, you didn't have to explain things. The action moved right away. You mm-hmm. had Nightcrawler. I mean, you had you, the whole you, you thing. You didn't have Havoc doing that hula hoop dance just to fire his power out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's another thing I hold you for, Brett, <laughs> Brian Ressinger. <laughs> I forgot about that hula hoop thing. Yeah, conveniently, I forgot about it. Yeah, you I forgot th- about a lot of things. <laughs> I thought he was just doing the Dougie. <laughs> You stop. Stop it. <laughs> All right. All right. So there you have it. Brian Singer. Fuck you or thank you. His movie is coming out next week. So let's see how he how he turns out now. And we'll be reviewing that the week after. That's Ooh. right. And hopefully, I mean, too bad Crunk Chris can't help us out. I uh, know. Crunk Chris wanted to join us. Uh, you guys have only heard about Crunk Chris, but you've never heard her talk. And she's never heard you either because she's half deaf most of the time. <laughs> what? Say what now? What? What? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, she won't be able to, to to make it in for that one. But um, I'm I'm hoping it'll be good. I yeah, I've said it to everybody. I, I I'm nervous about this film. I don't have a lot of faith in what I've seen. It's it's scaring me. <laughs> you know, I don't think it'll be Batman v Superman level of like you know abortion. But it won't be civil war. It won't even be like an uncivil war. And that's not me co-signing. That's just me <laughs> paraphrasing what Mike's saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, don't go anywhere. Why? Because Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the Go. Now let's Brian Singer. <laughs> Br- less Brian Singer. There just must be a lot of jokes with that. But I, I, I won't talk about that now. All I want to talk talk about is, you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we once... Made it under the time limit. Is that better for you, Mike? Yes, finally. Oh, God. <laughs> I had to adjust it just the mic's like me. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right. So, you guys ready? Yeah, I guess. All right. Ready, set, go. If your death was at the hands of one of these villains, which one would you fear the most? Walking Dead's ne- Negan, the Joker, or Zoom from the Flash TV show? Ralph. The Joker, of course, because they'll make that shit last. Damn, that's that's kind of true, Mike. The Joker, the freaky shit he's going to do to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Negan didn't even get a uh, um, no. Negan just gives you a bat to the head, and that's it. Wow, okay. And, and Zoom puts his hand through you. That's not fun. Um, <laughs> if superhero fights were treated like a major sporting event and charged for tickets, which one would you buy a ticket for? Batman versus Superman, Captain America versus Iron Man, or Spider Man versus Deadpool, Mike. Um, Batman versus Superman because I don't have an attention span past three seconds. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Ralph. Uh, Spider Man versus Deadpool because that'd be the funniest one to watch. Why? Well, I, I would end up murdering both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut the fuck up and fight. It's like porn with dialogue. <laughs> don't talk. <laughs> if you had, if you had to rate all of the Berlanti Kreisberg universe shows, fuck you. I'm continuing. <laughs> if you had to rate all of the Berlanti Kreisberg. Um, universe shows which one would be the lowest rated show and for those people at home that's supergirl arrow flash um legends of tomorrow ralph uh supergirl the, i would have to say the lowest rated show yeah all right wow okay mike off to go with the wench with the impenetrable trench supergirl <laughs> <laughs> it's fun but the show if it was suddenly not on i wouldn't notice 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's not on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll make popcorn. <laughs> I, I got a bomb movement I'll take care of right now. <laughs> and last but not least, rating from 1 to 10, how interested would you be in seeing the editor's cut of Batman v Superman? Ralph. I was negative infinity in answer. Really? You wouldn't be interested at all? Eh, probably not. Okay. Mike? Uh, if the scale is 1 minus 10, then you'll still, you'll still <laughs> won't be close enough. I mean, Snyder has already stated that the R-rated release scenes will be more about the level of intensity that had to be removed to keep the PG-13 in, uh, rating and not because of blood, gore, or violence or sex. So basically, it's just more depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more Batman getting his, pa- his face punched in and his, depre- his face getting sadder and sadder as he yeah, gets punched? I mean, it really is. It's a lot that it was just the, the scenes that were already like that they thought were heart wrenching and, 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 you know, just kind of down. You know, they, they, I guess they were just even more like whatever it was about the scenes that would make them even just like, wow, that's really harsh or something like that. That's what they had to remove to make it PG-13. And I'm like, I don't need to see more depressing superhero stuff from you. No, I'm very curious to see what they've, what, what they've pulled out because they said there's other stuff that don't have anything to do with the fight that they've pulled out also. Well, that girl that everyone thought was going to be either Robin or somebody, I forget her name now. Yeah. Jenna yeah. Malone or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But nah. Yeah, there was, they took out that scene, that being the director's <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Jenna Malone. And they said that... Uh, her character is not Robin or Batgirl, so I, I'm like, so how interesting could she be <laughs> to the movie? You know, right? Unless she's naked, I guess not very. Well. Of course, here comes Ralph with the for for it to be for for a girl to be interesting to me, she's got to have boobs. And not necessarily, she and the butt. A, He's got the Black Widow. Oh, right? that's right, the Black. Yeah, we've I forgot, I always forgot about that that one. The Ooh. Punisher Black Widow. Him fucking fawning over a fucking cartoon ass. <laughs> It's because Carla Johansson's right there, too. Yeah, yeah, but, but but she wasn't in the cartoon, bro. It don't matter. That's what I was visualizing. <laughs> wow. I've never seen somebody fawn over a cartoon this bad since fucking um, people fawning over Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, my God. You know how much fucking internet porn they make over Lara Croft? I'm like, wow. Well, the, the internet porn they make over everything is just really funny. It's to the point that, um, do you remember, um, I can't think of what her name was, but remember the e-shorance commercial? Yes. The, the cartoon woman that was like a superhero type thing? Yeah. Like she lasts for a few years. They said that the reason that they pulled the, um, the character was because there was just so much internet porn about her. That they were just like, yeah, we're just tired of it, so we just created a new thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Believe it, can you imagine, like, because of outside forces making internet porn? Like, there's a like, part of me that wants to see it, just to see what they did, but it's fucked up. Really? I mean, because I see what Homer and Marge are doing on internet porn. Unfortunately, I stumble over that, and I'm not looking for porn. I'm, like, looking up. What was I looking up? Simpsons oh, episode. No, no, I was looking up um, Teen Titans, right. and I want to see the old Teen Titans. And there was one that said, um, I had to do something with it was the episode with Raven and she she's fighting Slade. Okay, and I press it. I'm like, this is not. Oh no, my God! And they've actually done things with. I'm like, wow. Her name is Erin Esurance. Erin Esurance. That's what it was. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but they were saying there was so much porn that they actually just pulled the character. The I'm e like, stands for erotic. Evidently, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> All right. Shoutouts. Does anybody have any shoutouts before I begin, Ralph? Uh, I like to shout out. Not yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a shout out to Jamal Stone. All right. The CEO, founder of Couch TV, and also Mr. Mash himself for the podcast. That's right. Yeah. I ran into him today. It was great seeing him. Hopefully, he's still listening. We won't make any fun of the Matrix, even though you still have just, just 
<laughs> Kindle on the fire telling me that number two is still the best. I, I don't know what's going on there. But uh, it was great seeing you, man. We've got to get you on again soon. Jamal, Jamal's like that guy, especially when you talk about the Matrix. He's like that guy that got pants in junior high school, and he comes back to you at the reunion and goes, and my dick still wasn't out. Don't bring it up. We don't talk about it. We're good. <laughs> Did he yeah. ever do that uh, Sherlock Homeboy? Um, that is still in works. No. Yeah, and it's still in the works. So hopefully, yeah, that, you so know. we're looking forward to that. There, also wanted to say, hey, the crunk Chris, we're going to miss you. You're leaving town for gonna, good. <laughs> finally, <laughs> now we're going to miss her. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So you know, she's she, she's she's the the one of the most reliable women that we have for going to see these movies with us. Absolutely. And and that's counting and my wife. Other thing, and that's and that's counting my wife in there. My wife sometimes can't make it because of movies. Um, you know, like what. Oh, okay, she's still quiet for that one. <laughs> um, but out of all the things, you know, like um, Chris, always down to go. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm always, I'm very sad to see her go, but I'm glad she's chasing her dream, and I'm very proud of her, and I'm definitely gonna yeah. miss her. And then another to Erin, who also listens, and she better be listening now. She's got more time. She just graduated. That's right. Master's degree now. That's right. Congratulations. I was very, very happy to be So now we can actually start charging her for the podcast, but it's free to everybody else. <laughs> oh, we can also put it into our credits. Meanwhile, 22, you know a doctor's listening, right? Exactly. Uh, I'm a doctor, an MD, a master's degree, right? Exactly. You yeah. know, so we have to get, I'm sure she's told all of her Columbia grad friends to listen in. And <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, no, no hints there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Damn, Mike just took half of mine. <laughs> well, okay. Um, shout out, shout out going to Bosch. Bosch telling us that the last podcast we did was actually he goes podcast you do is pretty okay. This one was very good. Oh, the uh, the Civil War. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. He was, and then he, I forgot. He said, "Yeah, you know, it was very good." Oh, and by the way, I'm surprised you didn't get in trouble for all the comments you made about Gigi. I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> I'm joking about half of them. <laughs> about half of them. <laughs> and she probably doesn't even listen after. I told you she don't listen until about a month later. She's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Kind of hard to get mad then, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's already diffused by then. All right, so I've so already fucked up already in other ways. I'm like, I didn't cook or throw out the garbage or some shit like that. If it's a month later. Hey, Gigi. One, two, oh. three, four. No, no. That was Mike. That was Mike. That wasn't me. All right. Um, shout out to Johannes. I know that he um, school's done for him for, for the meantime, so... Um, he's got a lot of free time. I haven't seen him on recently, so hopefully everything's okay. Yeah, they better be doing well. I haven't seen any of these drawings yet, and I'm sure I must look fantastic. Wow. <laughs> and and note, note the silence. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, we've seen him. You don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> well, it, it, if it looks great, it doesn't look like you then. No. <laughs> I'm the beauty of the group. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't realize that forehead was so big because all the eagle holding in there. <laughs> also, shout out. As I say, shout out to Jamal. But actually, my final shout out goes to somebody who I had no idea was checking in on us. Shout out to Anwar. Really? Yes. Anwar comes up to me. You know, Anwar. Smooth, smooth guy that I work with at the gym. Tells me, you know, but I, I checked out your, your, your podcast the other day, right? And I'm like, you did? He was like, yeah. But I only take about an hour's worth. <laughs> well, well hopefully this will, will take in that range of that hour's worth yeah he's gonna start taking credit for it that's the thing I'm worried about <laughs> hey well thanks for listening on. I didn't realize you were listening yeah he said I think he down, he he talked about how the, the app was pure genius and by the way if you haven't downloaded the app please do so I mean obviously if you have an Apple device you need to you need to you can't do it for Samsung yet hopefully that'll be changing but right now you have an Apple device download the app 
it's a very convenient way of getting the app i mean, getting the podcast right there like i said a couple of games to play on there i still have to add more newer quiz questions and stuff like that but i did a lot of hard work on this app so please download it yeah, yeah. Well, well onward thought it was total genius oh, i was like oh i had to tell mike when, when i get a chance and if you have a uh, if you don't have an apple device but your friend does just grab their phone and download it onto theirs that's yeah. pretty that's pretty smart there ralph yeah <laughs> remember sharing is caring exactly <laughs> And stealing's what? Squealing? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. But, Rob, you should tell me. You're the pirate, right? All right. So that's the end of our show for this this time. I'll say for this week. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, Rob the Tech, and for Mini Cap, who likes to yell in the middle of everything, there's the Cap saying, keep it geeky. And Brian Singer... Press the mute on my thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't even end it right. (laughs) See you guys later. (laughs) 